Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. I'm Kat Troyer. I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hello, Kat. So we're recording this episode on March 26th, 2020, and we have a very special guest here tonight, and all of us are sheltering in place mm-hmm. due to COVID-19. Liz, how are you? I'm doing all right. I am doing okay. We are getting used to a whole new world over here at La Casa Bronson. And um, our co-working space is now also a school. And we are figuring it out every day and trying to stay grateful for what we've got and trying to go one day at a time and, and embrace the good. How about you? How's it on the coast? The coast is uh, quieter than usual. And uh, we've been lucky to be able to go out for hikes, um, which has been really a good stress buster. And fresh air is always a good thing, a little natural vitamin D. So we're just trying to do the best, make the best of a challenging situation and trying to move forward on some of those deferred house projects. <laughs> awesome. But I bet your I bet your former career as a teacher is probably supporting you right now, Liz. You know, I got to say, when I was a teacher, we didn't have Google Classroom and some of these other things that I'm having to learn and figure out. But it is helpful. And I do remind my children that I actually am qualified for my new role. So they don't quite believe me, but that's a whole nother podcast episode. Um But today we are lucky to have a guest, and we wanted to talk a little bit about when we're recording it because we had scheduled this before we were all sheltering in place, and we are lucky to have Becky Elliott here, and she is here for a career coaching session. And so while we're all acknowledging that we are in this crazy time, we're going to kind of take the corona out of it and and talk about Becky's career up till now and kind of where she found herself before she also found herself running a homeschool. So with that, Becky, please introduce yourself and tell us how you got to where you are today. Hi. And welcome, Becky. We're so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm Becky Elliott. So I spent most of my career in government contracting and IT. I did web development for a while. And then eventually I kind of found my way to apps. And then I ended up at a job that I really didn't like with a really long commute. And I sort of decided that I would sort of take a break from all of it. And so I kind of called it my sabbatical. And I told my husband that it would only take two months. But now it's kind of six months. Um, I know that I want writing to be a part of what I do. And I've done like freelance writing and substitute teaching, obviously, before all of this. And so I'm trying to work out where I end up next. Great. Wonderful. Well, we will do our best to help you with that. So again, we're going to take the shelter in place world is kind of turned on its ear out of the equation. But when you started your sabbatical, what was the idea or the beginnings of the idea or the sprouts of the ideas of where you thought you might pivot? I had hoped that I would kind of find like a community role or writing. And then I started doing freelance writing, which appeals to me like on a lot of different levels. You kind of can make your own schedule. You work when it's good for you. And so I've done that. But I I feel like I I definitely, when all of this sort of settles down, I need something like more steady than just Mm -hmm. work there. 
How are you finding freelance gigs or contract gigs or any of that? So that's like another part of it. So there are people who are really good at like fishing and hunting and I'm not a great fisher or hunter. So most of the jobs that come to me have come to me like through the community. So some contacts that I have already had. Which is great. Becky, when did you start your blog? Was it, was it before or after your sabbatical? Um, it was before. So I started blogging probably in 2017 and then it kicked off really in really like last year. So when I started my sabbatical, I had this goal that I would write like 10 blog posts a month, which some months I actually got really close. I got like eight. And so I kind of spent the first part of my sabbatical writing a lot. And so I did paid writing, but I, a lot of it was just for free, like for love. Mm-hmm. And when you say you did writing, tell us about the kind of writing that you do and, and the kind of writing you like to do. So I really enjoy writing about like personal development. Like I was kind of like a, a teenager in the self-help section, like looking at those kind of books back then and like drawn to like that kind of writing. I also enjoy writing about technical things too. And like a big part of it is because I can get paid for writing about technical things. I can't get paid at least now, like writing about personal development type thing. And you've also been uh, invited to events like influencer events where, where you are invited to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I am part of the tech field community, which I'm so grateful for. It's like, it's amazing. And so I took this sabbatical, but there are other people who've done similar things. And so it's kind of great to be a part of that community. Part of like what I actually did during my sabbatical is that I went to like a bunch of conferences when I left my job. I think I left on a Friday and the, the next weekend, I was at VMworld, mm-hmm. and I was only able to do that because I had left my job. So I kind of did that. Mm-hmm. I did Accelerate. I went to NetApp Insight. Um, I went to HPE, had like a little event. I also went to that. And so I kind of got to travel around, and I really love traveling. And so that was like a lot of fun for me. And I love community events. It's kind of interesting to think of like how like all of this will change like that, like if we'll ever get back to like that. All the in-person conferences and traveling. Yeah. 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 The community that you've hooked in with is such a fabulous community. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, Very supportive folks. So you're you're in a good spot, I think. Yeah, definitely. So when you go to these events, do you go just as a participant? Are you going as a blogger? Like what and don't take this the wrong way. What's your purpose at these events besides to enjoy them? So, yeah, it kind of depends. So, like, Pure Accelerate, I went with, like, Tech Field Day, but it really was, like, we were influencers. Mm. And so they kind of had, like, special events for us. And, like, the hope is that we're kind of blog about their things. Like, it's not an obligation, but, like, they'd like you to. Mm-hmm. And do you get paid to do that? Or could you? Like, and I'm thinking in terms of, career going forward could you get paid to be a blogger at one of these events? right some of those events I actually had some paid blog posts like around it mm-hmm. potentially you could get paid at that but the people who get paid at it they're like really good schmoozers and maybe they weren't always good schmoozers I, I I don't know if that really is I don't know if I actually really could do that so how do you this is going to sound odd again, but how are you socially at these? Like, are you there as kind of fly on the wall observer and then blogger? Or are you in the thick of it kind of 
living the experiencing and blogging later. You know, and I'm referring to like the schmoozers you right. just re- you just referenced. Yeah, so I I am probably I feel like I might be getting slightly better about schmoozer. Like I'm really introverted, and you're around these people that are so smart that you kind of it takes like a lot of moxie to kind of step into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets easier as you do more events. I feel like I'm probably more fly on the wall, blog about it later. As someone who was also at VMworld last year, and uh, I ran into you at the community blogger table. Yeah. And Becky immediately said, Kat, I want you to meet Dana. So I think you're probably better at it than you might realize. And, and Dana works at Blue Cat and does communications there. And she's lovely. Yeah. Sure. And so I think that you may be a better connector than you might realize. Yeah. First of all, I was happy to see you. I hadn't seen you in a while. Yeah. And, and also, it was very nice to meet Dana. It was a nice connection. Yeah. And on some of these events, they will cover your travel cost and your hotel and your food, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. even though it may not be paid, those conference costs can really add up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really great for the people who are able to get like extra work out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this smoother thing, like to go back to it, during my break, I, I got a life coach too. And I've kind of been trying to like do like personal development work. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have like some loving beliefs around that that I kind of need to work through. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because I think there's also a difference between being like the, hey there, schmoozer, and the person who like can introduce themselves and have authentic conversations with people they've not met before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or or to notice who who, who should be connected with me, right? People are connectors. Yeah. And a connector is different than a schmoozer, is different than a complete extrovert. They're different Mm -hmm. people. But I think that, the ability to go to one of those events by yourself and walk into the room. Not everyone can do that. And you've got to give yourself credit, but then to then meet people and make authentic community connections. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And I also, you know, Becky's not going to say this because she's humble, but she's very well liked within the community. Thank you. Thank you. And, And it's because I think it's because you're authentic and because you, because you want to help other people and connect people who you think, you know, you're doing it from a, oh, let, let me be helpful perspective as right. opposed to let me do yeah. perspective. Hey, I'm here. Right. <laughs> I'm here. Right. Here's yeah. my autograph. Right. That's not, that's not your approach. Yeah. And that's probably never going to be your approach. But what I just want to encourage is that I think what you're doing is actually working really well. So just continue to, to you. be you. Well, think of all those conferences you listed off that you were invited to go to and paid to get there. Yeah, no, it was amazing. So do you feel like if you think about, let's say, 12 months from now, and that's arbitrary, so it sounds like you're favoring a more permanent position than just, I'll see what I do and, and, and I'll write for myself and see who might hire me. What type of role do you picture yourself in as a next step? Like maybe there's a job that you heard somebody had that sounded really great to you. Like, oh, I could do that. Or what kinds of roles are you eyeing and getting excited about? So I feel like I want to be a creator. Like I want to be creative. I want to be creating content, whether or not it's just written or like, I I wouldn't want to be like in front of the screen, but maybe helping like behind the screen. I love blogging as a medium. 
And I would love to kind of have a role that maybe I championed other bloggers or encouraged other people to do it. I would love for blogging to be like a part of my job. Because I feel like it's such a, it's such a great platform. Have you thought about a community manager type role? I have thought about that. Yeah. What appeals to you about community manager and what doesn't appeal to you about community manager? I feel like there's something like inherently noble about helping people realize their potential, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be just me, but helping other people rise up. Like I would love for that to be like a part of my job. Helping to elevate others. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at like Sam Moulton and she's like a champion for others. I mean, like that is amazing. When you kind of get to your, the end of your life, right? That's like the kind of stuff that you want to do. You don't want it to be just about you climbing some arbitrary ladder. For our listeners who don't know Sam, Sam Moulton is, she's just a wonderful person. And she, she's been at NetApp for at least 10 years and maybe even closer to 15, but I I can confidently say she's been there for at least 10 years. And she started the NetApp A-team, which is NetApp's advocacy group that Becky is a member of. She manages that community almost as if it's a family Mm -hmm. and has developed such amazingly strong relationships. I've, I've known uh, Sam for years and have gotten to know her better over the last four or five years since John and I started the Influence Marketing Council. And she really is just one of my favorite people because she's just good people. Yeah. So for those people who don't know Sam now, they know Sam, but mm-hmm. Becky, what's the job description of community manager? Because somebody who helps others reach their potential, that sounds like a life coach or a cook, you know, yeah, some kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. It sounds like an HR person, and I know it's not. So what's a community manager? What does that role mean to you? And I guess when you kind of look at, like, what Sam is doing. So Sam, like, one of her jobs is to kind of recruit people. Generally, when it's, like, mm-hmm. insight, she will pick up, like, two or three net of 18 members. She does this amazing job of giving them little assignments, like, oh, hey, look, can you write this blog for us? Can you get in front of the video first? But she kind of like pushes them to do things outside of their comfort zone. And when you tell her that you're nervous, she tells you that she believes in you. And so I feel like that to me is part of a community manager role, right? Mm-hmm. Like a cheerleader yeah. and, and coach yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you mean community, you mean technical community, like community of people who use a certain technology. Am I right or am I a bit off? Yeah, potentially. So I, I've done tech for so long that it's kind of hard mm-hmm. for me to picture life outside of tech, right? But it's so funny, Kat, because at VMworld, when you had your little career coaching thing, and I, when I got out of the booth with you, I only heard you say, even if you don't like end up in tech, right? And I was like, wow. And so I, I spent like a day and a half thinking like, wow, what would that mean like if I didn't end up in tech? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow. When I initially started this career journey that I'm on now, like money was more important to me now. It's like something about going from like six figures (laughs) to like not very much kind of changes Mm -hmm. your priorities. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, and I kind of spent like a day and a half thinking what happens if I didn't end up in tech. And then I went to the tech field day Mm -hmm. and I I fell in love with tech again. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm like where I should be. I think that's an important realization. Yeah. I think you've built so many technical skills over over your career yeah. that it's it's nice to have that experience base 
underneath you, no matter what you do. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I love like tech that is dynamic and it changes. And I love kind of mm-hmm. figuring out how things work. I feel like you could probably like find that in other fields, but I, I, I don't really know how that works. But there are just aspects of tech that I just absolutely love. There seems to be just a tremendous amount of innovation all the time. Right. Yeah. And technology. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of nice for those of us that like to learn new things, right? That yeah. that in, that thrive on that. Yeah. So that's that's a positive part of tech, I think. When I go places, like even when I substitute teaching, like you go there and you see things that could be better. Mm-hmm. And I love that tech really has this power to make lives better. I mean, even when we recover from all of this coronavirus stuff, I feel like even the education system is going to be like in a much better place. Because I know like the county that I live in, they have, I mean, they have kids that don't have internet. They don't have laptops. They don't have internet. Mm -hmm. If anything is going to push them to fix that, it's this. Mm -hmm. Totally. Austin's been scrambling this week to reopen schools. And that has been the access to technology for all has been the what's held it up. I mean, so I think we we are exposing what's wrong with all, with our medical system. Like there's a lot of exposure that's happening right now that hopefully will only lead to positivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I keep telling myself because bright side, bright side. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like what you've learned through this time off. And I, I just have to put a plug in that you did this and give you kudos because I f- believe that it's only when you take a bit of a time off from the whirlwind of life that you can figure stuff like this out. Right, I yeah. feel like when you're working full time and parenting and running a house and all this, you don't have time to be like, so what do I want out of life? Yeah, you're just too busy going. So that you took some time to reflect is so wonderful and kudos to you. And also brave. Thank you. Yeah. So brave. Like incredible, incredible, mm-hmm. incredibly brave to, to right. say, you know what, it's time for me to take a sabbatical and then to do it. Because I would say that probably everyone thinks about that and maybe, you know, two or 3% of the people have the guts to do right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that just doing that the way that you did just shows how brave you are. Thank you. There's something so powerful. So I'm like 42 now. I feel like there's something that happens when you turn 40 where you're like mm-hmm. running out of time to get things right, right? So you're like, chop, chop, get to it, right? It's like, I, I don't have time to spend like another 15 years figuring out like what I want to do. I kind of need to like get to it. In your 40s, you cut the bullshit. Yep. Yeah. And that means people, that means job, like everything. You cut the bullshit and it's kind of amazing. Yeah. And you start caring a little bit less about what other people think of you too, which is a really good thing, especially for women, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I first planned to like leave like my job, I was so anxious. Like what would people think of me? It's like, cause technically I'm kind of unemployed. Right. Mm-hmm. And I quickly like got over that. Mm-hmm. And so luckily like the writing kind of came in. So like now I tell people like I, I'm a writer. Of course. Cause that's what you are. Right. And so as you're talking about yourself as a writer, and I'm thinking like writer, community manager, and yes, there's overlap, but would you think about going in in like corporate communications or, you know, like I run the blog for XYZ company and and I curate content for XYZ company or taking it more into the content creation to, to really make sure you're focusing on that piece of what you really like to do? Possibly, but I feel like, and of course you would know better than me, but I feel like there's like this hurdle, like with that, like where you kind of need a marketing 
degree and you kind of need X amount of experience? I think you have X amount of experience because you have a portfolio of successful blog posts. And so you've got those things that you need. Right. And you've been working as an influencer for over over two years. Mm-hmm. Right. We met in person in 2008, a little bit more than two years ago, when you came out for the right. for the Oracle Blogger Day. Oh, the Rebello. Yeah, the Rebello Blogger yeah. Day. And you had been working with Tech Field Day even before that, I believe. Yeah, I, I feel like I really kind of got into it in like 2017, mm-hmm. 2018. Oh, yeah, 2017 was my first. The Emerald, and I think I went to Insight then too. And Insight is is NetApp's yeah. uh, big conference. Yeah, and so I do think you have that, and I think now maybe it's about marketing yourself and right. having your resume, portfolio, LinkedIn all reflect that you're an influencer and a blogger and a writer and having your content up there so that people can see your portfolio and see that you can do that for their company. There is an element, uh, Becky, of of owning of owning it, mm-hmm. and right. your personal style is such that I wouldn't worry about ego because you don't come across that way at all. No. But you can you can say yes, I I am this because you are because you are. Thank you. Authentically. So one of the things that I've kind of like struggled with, and this is like a branding question. Mm-hmm. So I have like my BeckyElliott.com that I write at, and then I have Becky Elliott Rice, and I sort of thought about that. That would be like a, like how I would market myself. But I don't actually really use that and I don't really write on it. So I, in the course of like freelancing, I got an LLC and it's the phrase like blog so hard. <laughs> so I have like blog so hard that I love and I that. Said anything with that at all. Like I just, I have the domain mm-hmm. and I kind of would like to brand that more, but I, I kind of like stepped away from it and I, and I bought like more domains, <laughs> like, I like all these domains, like Sprinkled around. Originally, what was the difference between like the, and I'm going to mess up the names, Becky Elliott blogs and Becky Elliott.com? What, what was the difference originally between the two? So initially I bought Becky Elliott, right? That it would be sort of like where I could market myself as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. And then I would still write my personal stuff at BeckyElliott.com. Mm-hmm. And so I think that right now I've only posted like one blog post on Becky Elliott Rice. So I'm like, well, what do I, what do I put there if I have this? Right. Mm-hmm. And then I, I read this book. It was by Austin and I'm going to say his name wrong, McClellan, but it was like, it's like show your work. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's like really interesting. Like maybe I should, I should do that. Try to blog. Have that be your portfolio like so maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the beauty of websites. They can have multiple pages. So you can have a page for your tech writing. My tech writing is here. My personal writing is here. And if it's so personal, you wouldn't want an employer reading it. You put it in your journal or somewhere that you're never going to send the link to if you make it public or what have you. But take that out of it. When you're writing about professional developments or personal development, which are things that you're passionate about, or when you're writing about tech, that's all part of who you are. Right. And so my advice would be to have one website. Right. And frankly, my friend Kat Troyer told me when I was naming my company, have it be your name because you are the brand. Okay. And people are hiring Becky Elliott, not the person behind another name. Right. So they're hiring you. So that's advice Kat gave me six years, six and a half years ago. But I would say keep all your writing on one website, keep everything there because all of it together, the mosaic of it is what makes you you. Right. 
I think that's good advice. I also really like that link tree link that I've noticed. I, I first became aware of it on people's Instagram. They put it in their, their bio link on Instagram. You can highlight where you want people to go. Oh. So you could use something like that, tech writing, mm-hmm. uh, personal development writing, you know, recipes, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you want to share. But I'd have it all on one website. Yes. Right, yes. Kat? Yeah, I think so. I think the important thing is to make it easy for people to find. Mm-hmm. So whether it's on one website, which I agree is probably the best, right. probably the easiest to manage too. But if you happen to have it in other places, it's nice to have a place where you can aggregate the links that you want people to see. Yep. Can I show you? So I have this page and it looks a little ugly at the moment. Hold on. Can I close this in? So I was prepping for the last job that I was interviewing for that like got put on hold. Mm-hmm. I figured out that I needed to start really aggregating like what I've written for other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so I have this. It also includes like the some of the podcasts that I've been on. That's also a good thing. You want to show your multimedia. Right. The more agile you can show yourself, the better. So this is, this is, there's like a WordPress plugin that allows you to like put it into like a, like sort of like a simple flat database, which is what this is. I mean, it's, it's kind of ugly and I feel like it could be better, but. But that's all fixable. Right. I think it's easy to read. So for those of you who are not looking at the website right now, we've got BeckyElliott.com and then there's an about page, a blog, media, contact, and then there's a link to her writing, which is more of her blog posts, like her personal, it looks like. And then it lets you subscribe so that you can get her content into your inbox. I don't see anything wrong with this. You're not, if you were applying for a web developer position, I'd say, yeah, you might want to make it a little fancier, but that's not what you're going for. What I like about this is it shows, you know, how many different companies you've participated in different events, Mm -hmm. right? I like that it shows that you're, that you've been very active. And, and recently, yeah. right? So many people, I'll raise my hand, my blog is not terribly active right now. So if you go back, it's been a while since I've done my last post. Yes. And I think having it be recent and up to date is a much better best practice. For sure. And, it, it, and when you say I've been taking a break, I'm like, I don't see a break. I see like six conferences in six months. That's not a break. So I think that this rebrand your break as consulting and all of a sudden you've been working right. the whole time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's not untrue. It's just working different and working under a different umbrella. Yeah. I think this content, I mean, I'm not reading it obviously right now because we're talking, yeah. but the content <laughs> and what you're showing us sounds like it's exactly the direction yeah. you want to be going in and an easy link that a recruiter can put into their applicant tracking system that shows the hiring manager who you are. Right. So once shelter in place is done, what do you feel is going to be your next step in terms of going forward with process of figuring out where the next place is that you want to land? So I'd always sort of thought that like I would find my job myself, right? Like on an ad or like whatever, like a, like a job board, but I I don't think that that's actually what I want. So I like interviewed for two jobs and they both were with people that I really wanted to work with. And I kind of feel like I, my next job needs to come that way. Like I kind of need to know like who I'm working with and feel really excited about it. 
That's super smart. How, how I do that, I, I'm not completely sure. I mean, I hope that this podcast is a little helpful for seeing what's out there. Mm-hmm. I think letting your network know <laughs> that you're looking for work yeah. is always a good place to start, especially when you have an active network like you do, Becky. So, you know, letting, letting people know, yes, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to find my new, right. you know, my, my next opportunity. And then also helping folks, giving a couple different kind of job titles. So interested in community roles, content manager roles. Uh, think about maybe two or three types of roles that you're very interested in. And then that's a good way to let people know because people inherently want to help. Mm-hmm. And the more information you can give them to give them a sense of what you're looking for and what skills you want to be able to really utilize and what, you know, your strengths that you want to be able to utilize. Mm -hmm. I think that's always smart. Uh, We had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, right before everything kind of slowed down and you became aware of a a position, I think it was on Twitter, right? It was somewhere in social media. And you, you responded to the hiring manager who, who did a shout out about his job Yeah, and he put you right to the front of the, you know, to the front of the line for, right. uh, for interviews. Yeah. And then what's happened with much of the hiring, like probably what Liz, 90, 95% of the hiring that was on your plate yeah. is that they're on hold right now because there's so much uncertainty. But I think that just continue to do that and continue to remind people that you are on the market ideally for a full-time role. And as your clarity shifts, because sometimes that does, right? We, we may uh, get new ideas as we are moving forward as, it, you know, if anything shifts, you just update people. Right. Shifting is not a bad thing. And, you know, things shift all the time, especially in technology. So one of my challenges in the past, so when I took the job that was really wrong for me, part of it was that I had had like four or five other job interviews that I, that I turned down and just kind of being okay with not finding the right job right away. How would you know if you're being too fussy? <laughs> well, Kat knows what I'm going to say next. It's our favorite friend, the must-have list. Okay. Oh, yeah, I do have a must-have list. Yeah, the must-have <laughs> list. It's all about the must-have list and the nice-to-have list and the it'd be lovely if they had it, but I don't really care list. You know, that's where like the coffee bar in the lobby goes. Right. And part of what you said about the last job was the commute. Well, think about what's an okay commute for you. I mean, that's on your must-have list as mundane as it sounds and it's not sexy. It is what it is. It's important. You have a life and commute is part of that. So I would say go to your must-have list. And while you're making that list, get another piece of paper and make a list of companies that you think are cool places to work or that you like their values, or that Mm -hmm. you've heard good things about, or that you know good people at that you can call, because those are the places that are appealing to you. So maybe there's a list of who in my dream world do I want to work with? Well, they're great to have virtual coffee with. Um, And set yourself a goal of maybe you do and I'm saying virtual because of the situation we're in now, but but even there are a lot of people I know that you know all over the world. So maybe you do one virtual coffee a week and think about who would be great to connect with and talk to about what's going on at their company that could be a good thing for you. 
So those are places I would start is using that network that you built with your knowledge and authenticity and then have them give you some insight into what they know is out there. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, if they don't have anything at their company, you can always ask them, do you know of any other opportunities out there? Mm-hmm. And so many times it's the people that we have warm connections with, but we may not know very well are the ones that facilitate the next job. It happens more often than the people that you think, oh, this person knows me so well. It's the warm connections, but not, it's amazing how you can impact someone. Someone may be reading your blog that you don't even know at all. Right. And you connect with them and ask them, and they're they're more than happy to help you because again, people want to help. They do, and and the easier we can make it for them <laughs> to help us, the better. Yeah, I mean, I've seen. I think it's really gutsy, and I admire people. Be like, does anyone know anybody at X Y Z company? I'm dying to work there, and people come out of the woodworks. I'm like, you're awesome. That's so cool. But I also think that there are some great companies out there that none of us have heard of, right? And that's just because they haven't come across our plate. And so you talk to someone at company A and they're like, oh, have you heard of company M? It's so cool. They're doing really great things. And I think they might even be looking for someone. My friend just went there. And all of a sudden you're, you're talking to company M. You didn't even know company M was out there. So that's the beauty of the network. Once you are in the process, you also want to make sure that you're really clear on your values in addition to your must-have and make sure to weave some questions that validate. You want to validate, just like companies are doing behavior interview questions with you, you want to check to make sure that, okay, this company says that integrity is a key value. You want to ask questions throughout the process that shows that, you know, tell me about how integrity is, is used here. Tell me about how that, that actually works here. And you want to have that question with several people in the process because you want those answers to be pretty consistent. That's a way to validate that that value actually exists. Does that make sense? Yeah. So to go back, I feel like my job wish list right now is like a mix of like values and things. Okay, perfect. Do I need to separate them out? No, not necessarily. It's like if you've got values already kind of like your, your, I would say top three values, three to five, maybe. If you've got that on your list, just make sure that when you are interviewing, as you interview for your must-haves, make sure that you address the values too and ask questions of the different people in the process. Mm-hmm. And everyone will have different experiences, but especially when it comes to values, you want to see that there is kind of a theme. Uh, And that people will share stories about how that works. I find that the value piece is almost as important as the must-haves when it comes to fit. Mm -hmm. Because if the values are not aligned, it's just not going to be a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask the question. Even if it's a fabulous company, yeah. How are these values exhibited in everyday life? Like you can't just read the values because every company's values sound pretty great. but how are these lived? Mm -hmm. How do they hold true? How do they measure people against them? How do they measure their own selves against them? There's lots of follow-up on that. Mm -hmm. And tell me more is also a really good question. A favorite. To have in the back of your your arsenal of questions. 
don't be afraid to use it, especially if you feel like someone isn't giving you a complete answer. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about how that works. Mm -hmm. So true. So for this like must-have wish list, how many items do you expect on that? Because it's so funny when you, when we were talking at SeaMorld and you mm-hmm. kind of ha- like, even if you don't end up in tech, I feel like it was like after I had showed you my job wish list mm. and I didn't know, can I, do you mind if I paste it in? Sure. Okay. Cause I, I feel like mine's really generic. Like I don't actually ever call out any specific kind of tech. And I don't know, like if people would normally have like, Hey, I want to work with VMware on their must have list. I don't know what mm-hmm. people's lists usually look like, right? Mm-hmm. So mine includes some things like... They change. Yeah. And it, and it could be that mine is like mostly values. Because that's what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Some people are like, I love Kubernetes and I want to only work with Kubernetes. Okay, that's their must-have list. Great. You want to make sure that you've got all of your technical skills highlighted mm-hmm. up front mm-hmm. on your resume, right? right? Because that's how people will find your resume. We're going to have a guest on soon that's going to talk about that. And we're super excited about that. Okay. I'm looking, is it okay if I share some of these, Becky? Sure. Okay. So Becky just shared a list with us on her must-have list is opportunity to grow, variety of work, each day not being the same, flexibility and schedule, creative opportunities, Support for extra credit kid activities. Prefers some telework, a strong team, potential for growth, and required learning. I think that's that's a really kind of values-based must-have list. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Okay. Because the more clear you are on what's important to you outside of skill set, the easier it's going to be for you to identify whether an opportunity is actually going to be a good fit for you. But I do think there's probably a secondary list that could be created that is talking more about the work. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is talking about the company and the environment, which is important. Mm-hmm. This is a number one, because this is the happiness list. Right. And then there's the list that is more tailored towards skills, technology type of work. Yeah, the ability to create content, the ability to enable content creation for the company. Those are, you know, a couple of things that you mentioned. And to start off, to start off really wide, everything that comes into your mind, write it down, brainstorm, don't judge any of it. And just kind of whatever you can think of and maybe start on a list and give yourself a week or two to complete it. Oh, So there's not pressure. Every time you think of something, you can just say, okay, I'll add, you know, add that to a note on your phone or whatever. But I would also ask your board of advisors, but people who know you well Mm -hmm. say, what do you think would be important for me in a job? And while your word is gospel, theirs is opinion. Someone may say something that really like, oh yeah. Or someone might say, you know, two jobs ago, you loved being the person on the Twitter feed. I, again, making things up. Oh yeah, I did. Didn't I? I really do love social media. And there you have it. So I would ask people who know professional you and personal you well to give some input or give their opinion. Yeah. And and maybe even ask them, what do you think my greatest strength is? Mm -hmm. And that could be really interesting to see what comes back. The cool thing about this situation that we're all in, again, we're trying to find the 
making lemonade here out of a horrific situation, right? But there is a little bit more time to put into that, the thought of what is it that I really want Mm -hmm. and to refine that ideal job list because the more clear you are on that, the more clearly you'll be able to communicate it. But also there's a, there's an energetic component that when we are really clear about what we want, it's easier to call it in. Mm -hmm. Or to see that something does or doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. That's in the interview process where you really want to take it to the next level and make sure that you have questions that are open-ended that will help you to determine whether the position meets your must-have list. Right. So my life coach tells me a lot that I really need to to get clear about what I want to get to that point. Do you just kind of quiet time and reflection? Is that how... It depends on your process. I do it through conversation because that's how I process. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different. You know, sometimes I have great ideas when I'm hiking. Mm -hmm. You know, I usually have my phone with me. I'll pull pull out and and jot a note down. Mm -hmm. But I think having, being prepared wherever you are for when the inspiration hits to make sure to be able to record it. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a a voice memo or writing it down, it it doesn't matter. You know, some people like carrying... uh, those little pocket uh, notebooks, the field notes, right? It it doesn't matter what you use as long as you've got a tool to to jot something down. Okay. And there's always the opportunity. Yes, this is is my clarity today. And to be open that in two weeks, it may change. Right. Right. You can always change your mind. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just because you, you decide this is what you want. Things change. Environments change. And to be able to adapt to change is one of the best skills that we humans can figure out how to do that. Right? Yeah. No, it's one of the best skills to have. And I do yeah. think that people through this Corona thing are going to have epiphanies during it and make changes after it right? because they've had time to think, to prioritize differently. Like everyone's slowing down. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we slow down, change happens. Your must-have list should be written in pencil, which sounds crazy, but... It's like a living, breathing mm-hmm. document. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's got its own kind of life. And it's appropriate that it will evolve as you evolve. Yep. And you're lucky you're a writer, so you're going to write things through and come to epiphanies from your writing also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else we can do for you today, Becky? Or this has been incredible, and I kind of like went into this, and I was like, I started trying to wake up early to write because it's really hard, <laughs> like with mm-hmm. the homeschooling, and so I was exhausted. But I, I feel really energized from this, so thank you. So oh, glad. awesome! Well, this has been super fun for us. So, yeah. Becky, tell our listeners how they can find you. So they can find me on the Twitters at Becky L. Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-T, or on my blog at BeckyElliot.com. Okay. And we'll make sure that we have links on our, on our show notes as well. Thank you, Becky. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, may the next time we're at home, may it be insightful and productive and, and hopefully be able to find some fun too. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. This 
is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beeks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a tech reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. <laughs>